Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Inspired Choices Network and our show, Financially Speaking, with your host, that's me, Kathy Cook Noble. And we are going to talk about finances and most people... I know get really excited when they hear that F word, which is why the book that I wrote is called uh, All Women Should Use the F Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances, because I really, really believe that you should do that. And you can do that. And that's the key. It's not just so much that you should, it's that you could and you can. And it's perfectly, perfectly possible for you to understand your finances. So that is the whole motivation I think, behind my existence, but for sure it was the motivation behind the book. So uh, during the day, I am an advisor and I am a bookkeeper. I have a company and we love talking to people about finances, especially helping. We we help a lot of people, men, women, married, single, um, divorced, widowed. There's all kinds of different categories that people fall into. And it's not that we want to put you in a category, it's just for purposes of your planning, we need to know where you're at in life and where you want to be at and where you want to go. And some people, they want to be rich, they want to be, they want to make their kids rich, they want all kinds of um, vacations and jewels and houses and all that kind of stuff. And then there's other people who want to be able to leave a lot of money to charity or set up a foundation and leave a legacy in that regard. So everyone is different. But everyone is the same in one area, and that is you can understand your finances. So that's what we're doing here on Financially Speaking. And we also, um, on the network in general, are here to help people really just live their most fulfilled and exciting life. And what you want to do, if you ever want to just log in to our show, um, you can just log into the inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. And you can see any of our shows and you can, the Inspired Choices Network uh, archives, you will see any of the future shows. So just have a look on the inspiredchoicesnetwork.com and you will find, you'll find me there. You'll find a bunch of our other very uh, talented hosts and uh, you've got over 4,000 shows to pick from and you've got all kinds of hosts and topics and I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say if you are having a question about something or you are having an issue with something, you will find the answer on the Inspired Choices Network. Somebody, there is a host that has a show here that has either done the show, that is going to be doing the show, that might be doing the show right now on whatever it is that you are looking to learn about. There is Musical Magic with Elfie Joe that is, she's super, super, super talented. You have... Uh, Malika that has the pleasure zone. You have parenting with Mary, aligning divine with Keisha Clark. There is um, Dr. Andy's world. Like you name it, you've got it. And then when you need to be completely centered and balanced and need to really find out what, and I'm going to steal your line, Christine, if you're listening, what turns you on and lights you up, that's Christine MacGyver. And you want to hear from our, from our boss. 
So she's the one that uh, says all the inspirational and energetic and, and coaching that you need in business and in life. So there you have it. Whatever you need, we got it. So you need to plug into the Inspired Choices Network. And just on a side note, if you get all excited and, and pumped up and you are thinking, I'd really like to be a host, we would love to have you. So you should also check in on the Inspired Choices Network and connect with Christine MacGyver about that because Christine is is the one that can make that dream come true. So check in with her and don't don't hesitate. Take a chance. Life's too short. Enjoy yourself and become a become a host on the network. So today we're gonna we have a topic that we're gonna talk about in finance because you know that is for those of you who don't know me, you will learn quickly. I love talking about finance and I do it probably. 90% of the time that I'm awake, <laughs> and when I'm not awake, I might be dreaming about it. I'm not really sure. But uh, for those of you who do know me, you will you will know that it is so exciting to see people really understand their finances, make money, get organized, protect their family. There's so many parts of finance that go together. You know, if you have debt, debt problems and you need to just get your debt sorted out, that can you can get help for that. You can get that on track, and that can be part of your overall financial plan. So when I refer to a financial plan, everybody has a different definition for it. But in my practice, when I refer to a financial plan, I am referring to start to finish. Where are you at right now? Where do you want to be at? What do we need to focus on first? What do we need to focus on second? What are the main priorities? And then how do we get you to the end game where you want to be? So if you're in debt right now, you can't imagine that People say, saving, investing, what are you kidding me? I can barely make my minimum payments on my credit cards. That's okay. You can still get help and you can still get a plan in place because the plan will be, let's get this paid off. And then once we have that paid off, we're going to have a plan that starts to build up your savings, build up your investing. And you know, they're not mutually exclusive. Sometimes, and a lot of times, those work together. And it's really, really nice when you sit down and you say, okay, I get it, the stress of the debt and everything else. We're going to put that plan in place. And while we're doing that, we're also going to be planning for the future. We're also going to make sure your income's protected. We're also going to make sure that when retirement comes, whatever age that is and whatever years away that is, what does that look like financially? We're going to be planning for that. So when you're talking about planning, to me, you're talking about the whole thing, debt, um, children's education, investment, savings, estate planning, capital preservation. We're going to do the whole thing. So I bring that up because that is going to be a little little teaser for one of the questions that actually is very, very commonly being asked out there on Google. So I told you I like to talk about money and finance. And when I'm not talking about it because there's nobody around, I will read about it. Or sometimes in my spare time, I will just be once in a while I get on Google because, I mean, is it all the information out there on the Internet? So we can just Google around and see what's going on in the financial world. And, and when I say financial world, I don't mean just Wall Street in the United States or Bay Street in Canada. So I just mean what's happening out there. What are people thinking? What conversations are being had? Where's their confusion? Where do people need a little bit of help or a little bit of guidance? So what I did was I came across five of the most searched finance questions on Google. And I thought, well, isn't that interesting? I wonder what people are looking for. And one of the the things I found, there's a, there, of course, I mean, this is no hard and fast scientific uh, research program I'm going to share with you. I'm just sharing with some of the five of the most searched questions. They're not the most searched questions. They're not the most popular. They're not the ones everybody wants. So if you're listening, you're like, well, I didn't want to know that. 
that's okay. But five of the most searched questions on Google, there's there's several of them, and I'm going to throw in a couple bonus ones just because I thought they were really interesting. It kind of made me laugh. But um, one of the, the things I found really interesting and surprised me was that there's a lot of conversation being had about finance. And there's a lot of people out there that are looking for answers, and they were especially looking for answers um, on very specific questions. So I'm going to start with one. Now, these are not in any particular order. This is not the most popular one. But one of the – I'm starting with this one because I, I find it most interesting because it's a new, new, uh, completely new industry that came on a few years ago. So how to buy Bitcoin was one of the questions. <clears throat> and what is Bitcoin? And tied with that was the number two question, which was how to invest in cryptocurrency and the best cryptocurrencies to invest in in 2018. So I'm just going to go through some of the information I found. It was actually really well done. Brian Preston uh, answered this question, and I think he answered it really well, actually, when it was when I found it posted. So cryptocurrency. You hear a lot of talk about cryptocurrency, Bitcoin. Ethereum is, a, is another popular one, Litecoin. Um, there's so many different currencies out there in the cryptocurrency world that people don't really understand the difference between cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and Ethereum, like what are the differences between the between them? Like what are they really? Well, cryptocurrency is the actual type of currency. Bitcoin is a or sorry, cryptocurrency is the category. Bitcoin is the actual type of cryptocurrency. So it's like saying um, money is the Paper money is what we use here in Canada, and the $5 bill is part of our currency. So Canadian currency is what we use in Canada. American currency is what you use in the United States. And a $5 bill is a type of Canadian currency. A $10 bill is a type of Canadian currency. So Bitcoin is a type of cryptocurrency. Ethereum is a type of cryptocurrency. Litecoin is a type of cryptocurrency, and on and on, so goes the list. Those are probably, uh, I would say, the top three um, types of cryptocurrency that people would know. There is several, several types of cryptocurrency. There's Dash. Dash and Ripple have grown a little bit in popularity. Um, you might know them. Bitcoin Cash has been uh, recently uh, I would say in the last year or so become more more known um, as they get added to platforms and wallets. Uh, there's all kinds of them though. Like you probably, I don't know if you've heard of uh, Zcash, 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 depending on if you're Canada or the United States. Um, there's also Monero, there's Neo, there's Cardano, there's all kinds of them. So these are, there's all kinds of cryptocurrencies, but the thing to know is Bitcoin is a type of cryptocurrency and Bitcoin is the first first of the kind. So it's first to the market, let's say. And that's why that's why everybody knows about it the most. That's why everybody knows the name because it's the first one that really came out that people started to pay attention to. They also started to pay attention because it had it was ridiculously volatile and it would shoot up thousands of dollars in a day and it would drop like it's still ridiculously volatile but not as much as it was two years ago so what is it it's it's a, like it's a new kind of money so what it does is it's 
It acts as a digital currency and digital meaning online. So through your computer, through your smartphone, through your device. And what it, it does is it creates a code. So every time you trade in cryptocurrency, so you're trading a Bitcoin, there's a code that's created and it's based on the value that the investor says it's worth. So in other words, we're saying when we trade, we agree, we agree that a $5 bill is worth $5 because the government has deemed it so as our legitimate currency and we believe them. So we believe that $5 is worth $5. In the cryptocurrency world, we believe what the investor says it's worth because it fluctuates all the time. So it has value because we say it has value. Similarly, with the United States in the U.S., with your United States dollars, similarly with the Canadian dollar, it has value because we say it has value. The difference is it has value because it legally, legitimately has been given value by our government. Cryptocurrency is decentralized, it's unregulated, and it's uninsured under under the Federal Deposit Insurance Corp or the Canadian Deposit Insurance Corp in Canada. So it's not deemed to be recognized currency by the government, which means it's not being treated the same way that current, our currency is, like our Canadian dollars, our American dollars, our euros, whichever country you're in, Australian dollars, they're all treated like currency because the government has deemed it so. It has given it value and it has backed it up to say that $5 bill is really worth $5. And anywhere you go in Canada or the United States, that can be used and interpreted as $5. And the government stands behind it. Okay? So that is not the case with cryptocurrencies. Cryptocurrencies are also anonymous. That means you can make a, a purchase online. With um, So as long as the person you're buying stuff from, the merchant, accepts cryptocurrency as a type of payment, you can make a payment with them and you don't use your own, you don't use your own name. So it's completely anonymous. And these are some of the things that we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to take a break. It's our first break. Cryptocurrency is a lot of fun, but it's also, I find that the one that people ask me the most about that they can't get their head wrapped around. So we're going to finish our conversation about cryptocurrency when we come back after the break. And we're coming up to our first one. So let's take our first break. You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. And when we return, we're going to talk more about cryptocurrency, but we're also going to continue through the five most search questions on Google uh, about finance. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? 
Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cook-Noble, and you are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. And today, we are talking about five of the most searched-out questions on Google about finance. And just before we went to the on break, we were talking about cryptocurrency and what it is. So we decided, <laughs> in a in a easy definition that cryptocurrency is uh, a form of currency and it's traded through the uh, internet and digitally through the smartphones and all all those kind of things. Now, we said it's also unregulated and that it, you can transmit stuff anonymously. So, let's finish our co- talk about cryptocurrency because it's one of the most it's one of the big questions people ask me and it's funny because um, as an advisor, uh, we we do listen and and learn about all the different industries that are coming on and so forth. But uh, the reality of it is, uh, I think you'd be hard pressed to find an advisor who talks about cryptocurrency. Or for sure, I would be shocked if you found someone that actually traded or invested in it. Uh, so you're not going to go in and see an advisor and say, "Hey, I'd like to buy you know three bitcoins." So. That's why I think there's a lot of confusion out there and a lot of information that people aren't getting. So they just get it on the Internet. And there's a lot of good stuff on the Internet. There's also a lot of uh, stuff that's not 100% accurate. So we just have to be careful and watch that. Now, cryptocurrencies, where do you get them from? That's that's a big question is where do you get them from and, and how do you get them? Because you don't physically touch them. Like you can go into a bank and you can withdraw money out of your account. And you physically have a $10 bill or a $20 bill or a $50 bill in your hand, right? So you can touch it, you can feel it, you can see it. You're like, here's my currency, there it is. I can go into the store, I take it out of my purse or my wallet, and I spend it. Uh, that's not the case with the cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrencies are mined, which means they're unlocked, and that's done by very, very high-tech individuals. They have the equipment, and they have the ability to solve these very complicated math programs and math problems so that they can mine. It's called mining for cryptocurrency, if you've heard the term. That's where they mine the computers and they extract the cryptocurrency through this mathematical formula. They're all controlled, all cryptocurrencies, whether it's Bitcoin, Ethereum, whatever. All the supply of it is controlled by these tokens that they're called. So they mine these cryptocurrency tokens and 
the the supply of all these tokens is by a schedule written in the code. So if you've ever heard of these different people or companies that are mining cryptocurrency all the time, they got these very, very expensive high-tech computers, and the hydro to run these is phenomenal. Uh, I saw one episode uh, of a news uh, uh, piece where they were doing um, talking about mining for cryptocurrency. It was a documentary, and one of the biggest miners of cryptocurrency spent like north of $100,000 a month just in hydro to run all these computers and sophisticated machines. And when I say they're mining for cryptocurrency, they're, if they get two to five crypt, uh, Bitcoins a day, that's huge success. Two to five, that's it. Like they're not getting hundreds of thousands of cryptocurrency tokens a day. They're hoping to get one, two, three. If they get five, they'd be happy. So that's the kind of volume and the kind of um, challenge it is and the expense to mine these, just to put it in perspective. Now, that means that the supply of cryptocurrency in any moment can be calculated for the future because they know, based on this code, how many are existing and how many have been mined and how many are outstanding to be mined. So that's one of the advantages. And we, we don't know, I mean, we do know, rather, uh, the money supply, but we don't, we couldn't tell you like how many $5 bills are outstanding right now, but the government certainly knows how much money is in the, the money supply. Now, cryptocurrencies are traded on the cryptocurrency exchange. So just like our stocks are traded on the, the stock exchange, then cryptocurrency is traded on cryptocurrency exchange. But it's not like the stock market where you get shares in it. Uh, they're done through what's called a wallet. So you you have a wallet, and it's all done through the computer. Don't forget your smartphone, your computer, and you buy parts of. So you may not buy a bitcoin. You may not buy one bitcoin. You might buy a part of a bitcoin. So the bitcoin, for example, today I just looked it up. So we're looking at one bitcoin. One bitcoin is equal to about $10,618 Canadian. So if you wanted to buy one Bitcoin, you would have to spend about just over $10,000, $10,500. That's what one Bitcoin is equal to. So you might buy one Bitcoin. You might only buy one-tenth of a Bitcoin or even one-twenty-fifth of a Bitcoin <laughs> So that's how it trades. It's a little bit different when you when you're thinking about a dollar. You're thinking a dollar. You buy a share in this stock that's worth twenty dollars. I put twenty dollars in, but it's actually one bitcoin. You're not buying one one to one. You're buying part of a bitcoin because one bitcoin is is quite expensive. So it's fascinating stuff. And, that, and we're just talking about bitcoin, which is the first of the the pioneers. Uh, of the of the cryptocurrency, right? Now, if you want to invest in cryptocurrency, it's risky, right? Because it's unregulated, like we talked about. You're transmitting money to purchase goods or services through the internet by merchants who accept that as as payment anonymously. It's all in code, so you're not a name, you're just a specific code on that transaction. So, it's risky, and people need to know that the risks are involved and when there's higher risk there's um 
a good chance that it won't turn out well for you. So you have to be really careful and make that decision yourself. Uh, I can't tell people what to do. I'm certainly not going to give advice on whether you should buy it or not because it's an individual thing. The one thing I will say is if you do get into anything with cryptocurrency, whether it's Bitcoin, Ethereum, whatever it is, don't make that part of your retirement plan. <laughs> like you need to still talk to a, an advisor and, and have a retirement plan that's a little less volatile and a little bit more controllable. So that was my suggestion on that. So those are the first two questions. They were both about cryptocurrency. This this third question that was one of the top questions on uh, Facebook for um, the most searched out finance or Google, I meant, sorry, was the one of the most searched out finance questions on Google was how to find unclaimed money. I thought that was kind of interesting and I, and I thought I wouldn't have thought about this one because I thought, what do you mean unclaimed money? Like people don't know where their money is. But then when you think about it and when I started reading more about it, I'm going to say on the United States side because uh, the United States is a lot has a lot more population and a, a lot more numbers that they could have this applied to. So if you go, there's a government site actually that has resources to help you find unclaimed money. And it's usa.gov, G-O-V, forward slash unclaimed dash money. There's a government site for that. And you'll find links that help you find for, in addition to this, they'll also help you find unclaimed property or funds by, so, so by, you can go by state, whichever state you're in, back wages by a current or former employer. This one got my attention, life insurance funds that may be owed to the policy owner or their beneficiaries. And I can totally see why that's the case because people don't have a conversation about money and they sure don't want to talk about life insurance because they're afraid to admit that they're going to die. So if you have a life insurance policy and you have a named beneficiary on it, for goodness sakes, let somebody know where your policy is because if the time comes and you are you have your you've had this policy for 20 or 30 years and it's stuck in a drawer somewhere in your house or maybe you've gotten a safety deposit box or maybe you've lost a copy of your policy and don't have it at all when the time comes and it's going to be paid out the insurance company may not know who or how to find the person that's supposed to be getting the money so the money doesn't get paid out and it should be paid out. So make sure you have that as part of your financial conversation with your family, with your kids. It's not a big deal. I, I know people get a little tense about it, but I always say it's no different than talking to your kids about drugs or eating healthy or or not going out in the rain or whatever, or looking both ways when they cross the street. You know, that's it's just make it part of the same conversation. And get your financial your financial stuff organized so that people know where it is. Because there's nothing like going through all the work and the effort and the discipline of saving your money and getting a great plan in place. You've done all that and then nobody knows about it. <laughs> so it doesn't, nothing gets implemented when the time comes. So we want to make sure that those life insurance policies get paid out to the beneficiaries that they're meant to get paid out to. So that's another form of unclaimed money. Uh, there's unclaimed pensions out there in the U.S. I mean, I'm sure there is in the Canada too tax refunds that you might be owed from the IRS or in our case uh, CRA there's unclaimed funds from and now this is more of a US thing because Canada's financial structure is a little bit different but unclaimed funds from bank failures credit union failures SEC claim funds uh, and damaged funds that need to be replaced there's um, FHA insured mortgage refunds in the United States not in Canada and there's savings bonds that stopped earning interest so 
unclaimed money. There's actually money out there that is owing to people that hasn't been claimed and people may not even know about it. So the one thing with the pensions that you have to know why they're unclaimed, if you move around in jobs, and it, I mean, it's entirely conceivable that you are not at the same job at age 50 that you were when you were 25. So if you move around, and these are the stats, uh, they're, called, they're orphaned 401k plans in the United States and in, in Canada, it would be a pension plan. Um, or it could even be RSPs. But the average employee switches jobs, it says about four point every two, 4.2 years, according to the Bureau of Labor Stats on Employee 10-Year Study. That was in 2016. Maybe it's more now. But assuming you start your first job with benefits at age 22 and you retire at 65, that's about 10 different jobs you could have held over the course of your career based on that stat, right? It's quite possible that you could have forgotten or someone could have forgotten to give you the forms to transfer your pension when you switch jobs. So you could have some money sitting someplace from a former employer. And if it's been several years, your retirement plan might have been orphaned. That means it was abandoned by the plan. So you or the plan sponsor or the administrator or a combination of any of these. And when it happens, you have to search for orphaned plans. And in the United States, it's the United States Department of Labor that you have to search for it. So if here's just a simple rule of thumb. If you leave a job and you have an employer-sponsored either 401k or RSP match or pension plan or whatever it is, uh, either roll it into your new one or switch it to something else or transfer it to an advisor, an independent advisor instead of the corporate um, administrator so that you know where it is and you keep all your stuff together. So that's one of the places you can look for some uh, unclaimed money. So when people are asking, where can I find it? There's one of the answers. And we are up to our second break for tonight, and we are going to take our second break and come back and talk about more unclaimed money opportunities that are are not necessarily hidden in the government. So when you, we come back, we'll talk about that. You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. And when we return, we're going to continue to talk about the five most searched finance questions on Google. We will be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook Noble. 
Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F word, fear, in the dust. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cook-Noble, and you are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. Before we went to break, we were talking about cryptocurrency, and we were talking about lost money, or un- which is also called unclaimed money. And we're just talking about five of the most searched finance questions on Google. There's a lot of questions that people are asking out there about finances, but but five these five are are in the top for being most searched. So we're just going to go through a few of those and share some of the answers with you. Uh, so it's kind of like ask Google a finance question, which should be kind of a fun show. But anyway, uh, we were talking about unclaimed money and I said, there's other opportunities out there. So instead of looking for money that's unclaimed, we can also look for money that has opportunity for you to save money. That too is unclaimed money. So just to give you an idea, if you cut out any unnecessary expenses like cable or, or internet providers get quotes and you know get the review your bill, same with your cell phones, you can review your bill and make sure you're getting the best rates. When you do stuff like that, that's also like finding money. Because remember, if you make more money, that is the same thing as saving money. Because the net result is it's more money in your pocket. So even if there's unclaimed money out there, like a life insurance policy that hasn't been paid out to you because nobody knew who you were or where you were to get the money, uh, that's great. But there's also ways that you can get some more unclaimed money. And that is really controlling your expenses and uh, and getting quotes when you need them and, and not just renewing everything blindly and not checking rates with other companies or other carriers on you know your insurance policies for your home auto or or for your cell phones or for your internet and your cable like we talked about um always check your rates and see it it doesn't mean you have to switch it just means you have to do your due diligence to make sure that you're doing the best with your money because remember it's your money so who cares more about your money than you do i think nobody it should just be you right that cares the most so let's take care of our money uh, let's see, what's another question here that they had? Fourth question they had is, this is a great question, and it is super, super hard to answer. It's how much money do you need to retire? So people are Googling out there, how much money do you need to retire? How come this is such a hard question? Why do you think I say that? Well, everybody is different. So Google cannot say this is how much you need to retire. The answer is always going to be, well, that depends. It depends on what do you want your retirement to look like. Are you going to be traveling? Are you going to be fishing? Are you going to be staying home? Or are you going to be uh, moving to a smaller house, moving to a bigger house? Are you going to move to another state or another province? Uh, what's your retirement look like? How much money you're going to need depends on how much money uh, or how much retiring you're planning on doing and how much traveling you're going to do in your retirement and, 
and how much money you have to save right now and how much money you have in debt right now that you have to pay off. And there's so many variables. So it's very tough. But the 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 nice thing about that question is that people are asking and I was super happy and encouraged to see that people are looking at that as a question. And that is really, truly where help from a professional will come in. And talk to somebody. If you have a, if you have a financial advisor, obviously that would make sense. If you have a toothache, you go to a dentist. If you have a financial question, you go to a financial person. Uh, if you have an accountant, talk to your accountant, ask your accountant questions. Um, find out what you want though as a lifestyle. So this is the key part of where you start with is what do you want your retirement to look like? So I would encourage you to write that down. Say, what is it that I want my, my, retirement to look like okay well i want to travel once a year or twice a year i want to have a boat i want to go fishing i want to stay in the house that i've got and my house is paid off or it's not paid off and when will it be paid off and is there any debt these are all the questions that you're going to want to ask yourself and these are just start writing it down this is what i want my retirement to look like you know i want to go out for dinner once a week or twice a month or whatever it is and then from there, you can start building a really good plan. And then you can start figuring out how much money you're going to need in your retirement to fund that so that you can have it happy and comfortable without the stress that that a lot of people see that don't plan. So that is the easiest answer for me with how much money to retire because there's no, I can't say, oh, it's this dollar amount because everybody's different. So I'm going to share with you uh, the, the fifth question that, I read on one of the on um, five of the most searched finance questions on Google, and this one was also very encouraging to me. And it was how to find a financial advisor near me. How do I find a financial advisor near me? So that was pretty cool because, and it was surprising because you don't realize how many people are thinking about it because so many people are afraid to come and talk to to an advisor. It's kind of like, and I and I. I equate it a little bit to going to the dentist because I know a lot of people are afraid to go to the dentist. But I know for me, I was always excited about going to the dentist when I was little because I, you know, your teeth always felt so good after, and they gave you a toothbrush. I mean, they got a free, you get something free every time you go. So I thought that was kind. Of, I never had a problem with it, so that might be uh, a little bit insight into my my childhood nerdness. But uh, I do find that people get afraid to go to the dentist and they do get afraid to go to a financial advisor because they're afraid they're not going to understand something or they're going to get bad news. And, and the reality is, you know, everybody's plan is, is their own. So go get it. Go get it. Not knowing it doesn't make it less real. It just makes it uh, harder to maneuver and harder to fix and harder to plan for. So go get go get a plan done. But how do you find a financial advisor? Well, you don't necessarily have to work with a financial advisor that's raiding your backyard. That's the cool thing. So unlike a dentist, it's really hard to not go to a dentist that's near you or near where you live, but you don't have to have a financial advisor that lives right near you. What you do have to have is a financial advisor who's licensed to talk to you and licensed to help you with any products or services that you may want. So if you if you wanted to deal with a, a, a if you live in Florida and you want to deal with an advisor who lives in Michigan, you can do that as long as the licensing is is in place and the advisor can do that. So if you're your friend, your cousin, and this is one of the key insights into how to find an advisor too, is if you get referred by your friend or your cousin or 
or sister, brother, whatever the case is, and they say, gosh, my advisor is so good. I really recommend you talk to him or her. And that person lives in Michigan and you live in Florida. Well, don't be afraid to call and have a conversation and say, hey, um, can we work together or not? They'll tell you, for starters. And second of all, you got to remember, people are mobile. So there's a lot of people that aren't probably living in the same place that they started out when they first lived on their own. You might be living in a different city. You might be living in a different state. You might be living in a different country. So talk, find the right advisor. Don't necessarily settle for somebody you don't like just because geography says they're really close. So that's, to me, one of the ways to start picking an advisor. Another way to start picking an advisor is talk to people and if you can get a referral and somebody says, geez, I really like this about that person or I've had great luck because they helped me through this or solve this or we got a plan in place, then reach out from the people that have a uh, referral for you. Reach out and talk to them. There's no harm in talking to them and getting opinions. Look for You can look for credentials from a financial planner. So in the industry, lots of there's lots of letters. <laughs> I've done shows before about uh, acronyms and financial terms, and there's no shortage of them. So CFP is one of the more popular terms or acronyms that you will find attached to an advisor's name, and it's a certified financial planner. And that's the probably the, the key one that people look for. And typically, if you have that, you have other ones. So you're looking at the letters that go to the right of the person's name. And that can help you decide whether or not that's the person that is right for you. So, but I caution people, don't get caught up just just with the letters because people can have a lot of letters behind their name and that's great, but that doesn't necessarily make them the very best in their industry or in their particular field. So talk to them, That use that as one of the tools when you in- interview them and because that's what you're doing to see if you're the right fit. That's the most important part. Make sure you're the right fit. But use the credentials as one of the tools and one of the measuring sticks that you're using to find a financial advisor. Use the referrals as one of the measures. Um, also, you can check on the compensation model to see how the financial advisor gets compensated. I've talked about that in previous shows where it's either a fee for service where they say you pay me X amount of dollars an hour and that's it. There's a commission based. There is um fee-based where it's a percentage that's set for the um, managing of the money. There's all there's different ways of compensation for financial advisors. So ask about that. Look at Use that as a measuring tool. Use conflict of interest as a measuring tool. Like if they have any with, if they have conflicts with, with who or what or for why. Um, if they have other business activity, you can check on that. All this stuff is out there. It's all... Full disclosure in Canada, I can tell you the compliance and the disclosure is pretty fantastic. Uh, there is very little that you couldn't find out about me because it is required that you know it. And that is if you're volunteering on an organization, which organization? Uh, what's your capacity there? What 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 is your role? What is the committee you're on? It's all registered with the compliance. So you can look at all this stuff and use that as one of your indicators and uh, check marks to see if that's the right person that you want to deal with. So the five questions that came up the most on this was how to buy Bitcoin and what is Bitcoin and how to invest in cryptocurrency. Then we also talked about 
how to find unclaimed money, which is kind of fun, I guess, when you you find money you didn't know you had. That's always fun. Uh, how much money do you need to retire? And how to find a financial advisor near me. So those are the five that came up. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, I'm going to give you just a couple bonus ones that I thought were kind of fun and interesting. So you are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. When we return, we're going to continue to talk about the most searched questions on Google in finance. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook-Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I am Kathy Cook-Noble, and you are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. And today, we've been talking about five of the most searched finance questions on Google. And I thought they were interesting, and uh, a couple of them surprised me, but I have a bonus one that surprised me. It kind of made me laugh because I took it for granted. And I have one that surprised me that wasn't on there. So the one that one of the ones that surprised me that was on there was how to write a check. And I thought that was funny because I thought, oh, well, that's been around for ages. But when you think about millennials and the next generations, who writes checks? Hardly anybody. We've talked about what was the first question we had. What's cryptocurrency? What's Bitcoin? How do you buy Bitcoin? How do you trade Bitcoin? That was that's one of the first questions people ask. And one of the other questions was, how do you write a check? Well, I guess that makes sense, doesn't it? If we're focusing on how do we buy and sell stuff on line without touching or feeling any money and we're using cryptocurrency which is our digital currency uh it would make sense you wouldn't write a check so i thought that was kind of neat so people were asking how do you write a check and that's um that's kind of cool and i mean it in a way where it's it's 
it's fascinating to me to see how fast we're changing as an economy and as a population in general because writing checks was the thing like even five years ago you would be we used to write checks then the uh this exceptional thing came into place where you could have direct pay and people started getting their paychecks put directly into the bank and that would have been what eight years ago maybe that it really became popular and and uh yeah that's when we were really getting fancy wasn't it we were we were really starting to be high tech because we could get direct deposit now we've got e-transfers and um we've got interact and now we do if you get a check you just take a picture you don't even have to go to the bank yeah you've got apple pay you've got cryptocurrencies you've got all kinds of different types of of trading going on so when you, how often and why would you write a check like i think that's mostly businesses that still write some checks because you've got smaller ones that might not be as technologically advanced but for the most part i don't think a lot of people write checks as a just as an individual so that one kind of surprised me but i thought that was kind of neat because it just reminds me of how we we used to do things and i mean i still write the odd check and we still in business we still use them but uh you certainly aren't using them as much as you used to which is another way when we looked at finding money is you're saving money because it costs you money for the printing and the checks to to write them so you actually save yourself money by not writing checks which is just a little side tip for you but um that one was kind of neat and i gotta tell you the one that surprised me about not being on the list because i know it gets an awful lot of attention right now and it's a whole new industry that came on and that's the cannabis industry i thought there'd be a question about trading or understanding cannabis or or any of that industry or stocks or investments that's the one that surprised me that i didn't see on the immediate list I'm sure it's popular and it gets asked questions. Like, don't get me wrong, there's lots of questions out there about that particular topic. But it wasn't one of the ones that came up right away when I was searching and and just generally looking for what people are looking for. So I get asked about that a lot. I don't know if it's because um, there's a lot of, where I am in Ontario, there's there's a few of the marijuana growers around and significant property. It's It's a huge industry. It's a huge business. Forget how you feel about the particular product that we're talking about, but it is, in general, I find it fascinating when you see a new industry come on, because how often, when you think about it, if you're if you're older than 40, how often in your past 20 years do you recall a whole industry coming on the market, like a whole new industry, not like healthcare, the finance, consumer discretionary, consumer durables, uh, you know, oil and gas, or when when did a whole industry come on? And that's really what cannabis is. That's really what cryptocurrency is. There's two whole brand new industries that came on just in the last few years, like, and they came on came on in gangbusters. There's lots, lots of information about. It. There's lots of confusion about them. There's lots of people that you've heard of that's made a ton of money off of it. There's lots of people who have lost a lot of money off it because it's so new and volatile and they don't know what they're doing. Now, the cannabis one, I was surprised there wasn't more questions because that one actually has 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 grown quite a bit farther along than something like the cryptocurrency where it's become more mainstream. It's now it's got trading it's stocks that are trading on the mainstream exchanges. Uh you've got uh investors that are now mainstream investors 
that are talking about it and getting involved in it. There's um, some pretty well-known investors and and investment people in the industry that are sitting on boards of different companies. So that one surprised me that we didn't have it. But all in all, I was I figured you know there's lots of questions out there about it, but it just didn't hit the the top ones that I saw. So hopefully you enjoyed learning a few of the top questions that people have out there. I know I did and I had a lot of fun when I was reading them and, and just, you know, snooping around on Google and seeing what people are talking about and what comes up. Uh, I thought that was kind of fun. Uh, as always, you are always, always, always welcome to join us in the chat room on any of the shows, not just financially speaking, but of course I welcome you to join us. But any show that we have on the Inspired Choices Network, you're welcome to join in the chat room, join in the conversation, email in your questions, ask questions, and we encourage you to ask questions because you asking questions is also asking for somebody else because I guarantee you if you're thinking of it, there's somebody else out there that's thought of it too and they're just afraid to ask. So if you have a question and you're embarrassed to ask, just think, well, you know what, I'm just going to ask this for somebody else out there who hasn't had the courage to ask it even though you want the answer to. So always uh, join us and either by calls or by chat room. And there's always the podcasts that get posted later. on. We're on several different sites that you can find us. And we're always excited to talk to people and learn about other topics that you want to hear about. I know with me, I'm always fascinated to hear what other people are thinking about in finance because I I realized that uh, not so long ago that not everybody is as obsessed with the financial stuff and finds it as exciting as I do. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping that just little by little, we're changing that with the show and people are starting to, to realize they can understand it and then they get to understand it and it becomes fun and it's a game and and maybe even there's a book out there that you could read and understand a little bit more about your finances in plain language. And I don't know, off the top of my head, I'm thinking all ladies should use the F word, your guide to loving fight your finances. There's a book out there that I know of. I know it well. <laughs> and I'm just giving you a little shameless plug to, to you know, per, pursue a little bit more to learn a little bit about your finances. So it's always exciting to be here and share some information and conversation in our chat room. And once again, we will be back next week to share more financial tidbits and topics and reach out anytime. And we will absolutely be covering whatever topics you want to know. And that's my goal to make it easy and fun. So we will talk next week. Thank you for choosing to listen to financially speaking radio show. Kathy Cook-Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.